Hello and welcome to the Mr. Brown podcast, where I reflect on my journey as an early career teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James Brown. Good morning. Today I plan to talk about three things, but only briefly. This morning I've already spent an hour or so featuring as a guest on another teacher's podcast. That's the Teaching Mindset podcast. We had a fantastic discussion, me and John, the host. He's a primary school teacher, and I'll be sure to publish that episode here on my podcast once it's available. And I very much recommend checking out what John's doing over there on his podcast too. Again, I'll post all the links when I publish that episode. Anyway. The three things I want to talk about today. First, a teacher's worst nightmare, I think, is finding yourself teaching something that you don't really know anything about. Honestly, the stuff of nightmares. Well, for me, that often features in my teaching-related nightmares, but also just not being able to find the room. That's very stressful. But anyway... The idea of being required to teach something or finding yourself teaching something that you don't know anything about, or even perhaps you don't feel you know enough about, yeah, terrifying. Well, there have just been a few occasions in my short teaching career so far where I've strayed into territory and I'm talking about something to my students that I realise I don't know a great deal about. And in those moments... I tend to have more behaviour issues with my students. But I've come to realise that I don't think it's their fault. Well, of course it's not their fault, but I don't think that they're misbehaving any more than they usually would, which is never a great deal. They're good kids. But I'm going to give you an example. So a couple of weeks ago, I was required during tutor period, 15 minutes at the start of the day, to talk about Black History Month. I've never spoken about that before. I had a look through the slides beforehand and I thought, okay, seems fine. But then I found myself during tutor period talking about something that I knew very little about. And I also acknowledged that it's a very important topic and I didn't want to get things wrong. So I strayed into one of these unfamiliar territories and soon enough, I was having an argument with a student. Now this student, he'll often just be having a little mumble with the person next to him. Like, it's no big deal. Very low-level disruption. But on this occasion, I asked him to be quiet, and I think I asked him to put away a pack of cards, which he had with him for some reason, and it blew up into a big argument. But like I said, I don't think he was actually being any worse than he normally is. And he's not bad at all. He's a good kid. Good student. Yet we had this big argument. And so... What I think happens in this situation is that because I'm so afraid of finding myself talking about something that I actually don't know much about, I think subconsciously I create a distraction. I listen out more for any minor behaviour issues and I challenge them and I perhaps challenge them more fiercely than I ordinarily would. I guess I'm trying to buy myself some time to think through this topic a little bit more, or perhaps maybe just change the topic entirely. Now, I think there's two morals to this story, or to this idea. First, 
it's really important to know what you're talking about. But equally as important, I think, is to acknowledge when you don't know what you're talking about and do so openly with the kids. On some topics, they may know far more than you do, especially if you're talking about something, for example, like Black History Month, where that's not really your area. I'm a maths teacher, for example. The students in my class may know far more. And so it would be good to open it up and to involve the students more in a dialogue rather than me just talking at them. So it's important to acknowledge those perhaps blind spots in our knowledge. And you can thereby create a culture where getting something wrong or not knowing something is fine. It's acceptable. You can tell other people that you don't know something and together you can thrash it out and and figure out the solution or figure out what it is. That seems to me to be important. So yeah, I'd say those are the two morals. So it hammers home the fact that as teachers, it is important to know what we're talking about. But secondly, it's important also to acknowledge openly when you've strayed into a territory that you're unfamiliar with and get the kids on board, figure it out together. I'd be interested to know if anyone else has had any experiences like this. Do you go picking for a fight when you find yourself teaching something you're unfamiliar with just to cause a bit of a distraction and buy yourself some time or change the the topic entirely? The second thing I wanted to discuss was a bit of a moral dilemma. I'm just going to throw this out there as a question. Suppose you're sat in the staff room or an office. You're not teaching, but next door there's a class and it sounds like your colleague is having a really hard time with that class in terms of behaviour. It sounds a bit chaotic. I found myself in this situation just a couple of times and in that situation I don't know what my moral obligation is as a teacher. I think there are good reasons to go in there and support and there are good reasons to stay out of it. I mean you could go in there and Uh, support and perhaps target a few key individuals who are playing up and just stand by them. Maybe that could help. Uh, But at the same time, perhaps doing so could undermine that teacher's authority in the classroom. And I'm sure the answer also depends on how senior you are as a teacher. I'm only a first year teacher. Perhaps that would be inappropriate, especially if the teacher in question is far more senior than me. But if you're a member of the senior leadership team, perhaps you can just charge right in and and help resolve the situation. So like I said, a bit of a moral dilemma. What would you do in that situation? I'd be very interested to, to hear your thoughts again. Now, the third thing is just a great experience I had with my year sevens. And it really speaks to why I love teaching. I was teaching my year sevens about data. So data's just information, numerical information, very broadly speaking. And there are different types of data. You can have continuous data and discrete data. Continuous data, very roughly speaking, can be expressed using decimals. So an example would be the weights of five babies. Okay, you could have 2.9 kilograms, you could have 3.1 kilograms, 3.15 kilograms, whatever. The idea is that with continuous data, if you've got two values, no matter how close they are together, you can always find another one in between it. Discrete data, on the other hand, can't 
be expressed in terms of decimals. You're dealing with whole numbers. An example would be the number of students in five classes. 28, 29, 30, 32, 27, whatever it might be. But you can't express that data in decimal form because you can't have part of a person. Anyway, I put that example to my year sevens. I explained it to them in much the same way I've just explained it now. And when I said you can't have part of a person, I saw them all really start to think. And sure enough, before I knew it, hands started to go up. I was like, okay, what's going on here? One student asked, could you not have half a person if you chopped their legs off? And I said, very interesting question, but even if you chopped someone's legs off, even if you chopped all their limbs off, they still count as a whole person. So I thought I'd put that to bed. Another hand goes up. What if they're brain dead? And at this point, I didn't know how to answer. I'd like to think that someone who is brain dead, whatever that means, maybe in a coma, I'm not sure what the student had in mind. I'd like to think that they were still a person, but to be honest, I don't know. And so we very quickly strayed into this very philosophical territory about what constitutes a person. And the kids were so interested. They had so many ideas. I think it really speaks to this inherent curiosity that kids have. If you get them onto a topic or if you use examples that they find inherently interesting and they're happy to grapple with, the conversations are just amazing. So anyway, we had to bracket that. I said, right, we're going to bracket these philosophical questions. As for whether someone who's brain dead, whatever that means, as for whether they're a person or not, we'll put that to one side and we'll just, and we'll just carry on with today's lesson. But, but it was great. Anyway, I hope that you have had a good few weeks since whenever last we spoke. I can't remember when that was, but I hope you've had a good few weeks and I hope the weeks to come are, are good as well. Now, this episode took, let's say, around about an hour or so to produce. Usually they take two to three hours because they're usually a bit longer than this. And I try to put out two to three episodes a month. Now, if you enjoy the podcast and you think that that work is worth at least the price of a coffee, so two to three pounds a month, then please consider becoming a patron and contributing towards the, the financial costs of producing the podcast. As always, there's a link to my Patreon page in the show notes. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at MrBrownPod or email MrBrownPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MrBrownPod and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. Thank you and talk again soon.